TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Hey, we do welcome you to the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Thank you so much for joining us here. Beautiful Monday here in the fine city of Chicago coming off a great sports weekend. Well, a busy sports weekend. I don't know if you would call it great if you're a Chicago fan. The Cubs lose two out of three. The White Sox lose two out of three. And the Bears just lose. Period. So maybe not a great sports weekend, but a busy one, at least here in Chicago. Of course, we'll be talking sports and more. That's what we do here in the Two Guys at a Mic Show. The Big Dog. Joel Radwanski not in today. We're expecting a phone call for him and in particular getting his uh, disgruntled and disheveled Chicago Bear thoughts. But more importantly, sitting in the studio, decked out in a beautiful gold shirt, the young, the restless, up and cover in the world of sports talk radio, the Eminem man, Mike Moreau in the house. Michael, how are you? Good, how are you? Been a while since we had you back in, huh? It, it has been, but it's good to be here. What is it, like once every six months, whether we need you or not? Mike <laughs> I'll, com- take, I'll take every chance I can get. It's unbelievable. Mike comes in and does a show, and then we don't hear from management again for like seven or eight months. we got to get you on the regular payroll here. Hey, I would love that. Yeah, you want to do sales? We could use some uh, advertising sales. Uh, well, anything for a job. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a little job interview over here on the radio. Michael, I know you're a big Chicago Cub fan, but you got to be following the Crosstown White Sox, who had a big series against the Yankees this weekend. They lose two out of three. First of all, are you a uh, you one of those Cubs fans that's a Sox hater, or are you, are you okay with the White Sox? I'm okay with the White Sox. Right. It's more or less their fans that I don't really care for too much. Because I, I personally don't think there are a lot of White Sox fans until they won the World Series, and then now everybody's a White Sox fan. Mm-hmm. There's no question Chicago is a Cub town first. But right now the White Sox still hanging in a division race four and a half games back. And the big news over the weekend, actually the big news over, apparently it happened uh, last night, Manny Ramirez has been picked up by the uh, Chicago White Sox. So they're four and a half back, lost two out of three. Twins lost yesterday, so they held serve. But uh, Manny Ramirez now a member of the White Sox. My excitement level on a scale of one to ten, about two. Yeah, I How about can, you? I mean, it's it's a good like you know it's a good risk. You know, you only have them for about a month or so, so you can have them for a month or so, and then if you can, you know, as you, some people said, slug it out and beat the Twins to make the playoffs, then it would be a good investment because you're probably not going to keep them after this year anyway. So mm-hmm. for a month and really no risk, you know, it's worth a I- shot. I love the way us on Sports Talk Radio, yeah, no risk. We, we, it's very easy to throw around money when we're sitting here with the headphones making about $8 an hour here at thetalkzone.com. By the way, you want to comment on anything that happened in the uh, world of sports, your favorite team? We'll get to the Emmy Awards a little bit. David Olson, our producer, one of his favorite show, uh, uh, getting some uh, big victories last night. So we'll talk some Emmys. We'll go off the sports page a little bit, too. But uh, you can check in with Mike Murrow and myself here at 888-463-6748. If we have any new listeners tuning in to hear of Mike Murrow, we'd love to have you guys call in. And uh, you can talk some sports, but more importantly, you can call out on Mike Murrow. You know, give us a little bit of his background, maybe some embarrassing stories from his childhood. Anything you want uh, to 
you know, put Mike on the hot seat. We're all for that. 888-463-6748. Dave, any calls uh, regarding Mike Murrow, my co-host? Put them to the front of the list because I really don't want to talk Bears football anyways. It was a pretty bad game. All right, 888-463-6748. But, um, yeah, I was commenting how easy it is. Eh, no risk. It's only $3 million to $4 million for one month. Yeah, it's only Jerry Reinsdorf's money. No problem, no risk. <laughs> but don't you find that somewhat disgusting that for one month of baseball, we got to pick up his salary, which is what? Somewhere between 3 and $4 million for a month of playing baseball. I mean, it's better than the Dodgers paying him what, 25 for the last two years. It's a lot. It's a lot, it's a lot cheaper than you know paying him that. I guess it, you know that's the opposite of the cake or cake with ice cream situation. It's bad or really bad. I find it. I, I, I don't even think the word disgusting is too strong. Maybe it's a little bit strong because we are talking the sports world here, and there's a lot worse things happening in the world. But it just to me, Mike, it's just one of the things that you're a younger guy, so you probably grown up with it more and become used to it more, but. Just picking up guys with a month left in the season, paying him millions of dollars. To, it's like borrowed. And you know he's not going to be in the Sox next year, right? No, not at all. So, but, but that doesn't bother you at all. Just picking up a player for one month, see what he can do. You know, if you know, she, we're in Chicago, you know, big market, big market sports town. So $4 million, I mean, it's crazy to say this, like you said, but it's, it's, not, it's not that much to a big market team to do for just a month. I mean, it is a lot for – you know, anybody, but $4 million for a team that really can afford it for a month, I think I think it's worth the risk. Mm-hmm. So, But it doesn't bother you forgetting about the money aspect. And again, uh, White Sox fans, you want to chime in on the, the apparent pick, not the apparent, the definitive picking up of Manny Ramirez for the stretch run here, 888-463-6748. Forget about the money for a sec, Mike. From a, a sports standpoint, a purist sports standpoint, you got a team. You know, you put together a team and you're trying to win, and now with a month later you're going to bring in a guy who has never been part of that team. You're going to borrow him for a month, bat him third up. All of a sudden the chemistry in the clubhouse, that that does not bother you a little bit just from the purest sports standpoint? Or that's just the way pro sports are? I I think it's the way pro sports are. You know, the need to win now is an immediate thing. It's... It's always what what have you done for me lately, and not you know what are you going to do for me in the future. Mm-hmm. You know if the Cubs were winning now, if they were winning or in first place in the division, no one would you know would really care if they brought on Manny Ramirez for really. For, see, see bring, I would. I mean if I mean if the Cubs haven't won a World Series in a hundred years, and if they took a shot on Manny Ramirez thinking he could help okay. win the World Series, I can't see many fans complaining about that because. Okay. I'd be one of them. I don't know if complaining. Let me put it to you a different way. Let's let's say it was your Cubs and they were contending with the team we got now, and you've you know you've grown with them all season long. You've watched this team battle and battle as the White Sox have. Not a great team, but they're certain certainly fighting to stay in contention. Now you pick up an outsider. By the way, one with admittedly a questionable attitude. And let's say this guy gets hot and leads you to the World Series. Okay. As they cut, let's say this happened to the Cubs and they picked up Manny Ramirez. Would it diminish your enjoyment of the World Series? The fact that you brought in this guy with a month left and he's the one that surged you to a championship 
as opposed to the group that you followed all season long, or who cares as long as we win the World Series? I mean, they would have the World Series. I, I mean, I can't, I couldn't really complain. I mean, it's been over a hundred years. I mean, I, obviously, I haven't been alive for that hundred years, but it's been some painful years watching for every every Cubs fan over the the last few generations. So uh-huh. they would take a World Series. He would be a he would be a hero here, and we'd have. At least the Cubs would have at least one World Series, and you know it would finally be something the city could celebrate. Yeah, again, I'll take your reasoning and, and uh, work it against you, or at least work it in my particular way of looking at it. Yeah, it has been a hundred and some odd years. We've waited so long, waited that long after that long of a wait. Don't you want it to be pure? I mean, after 101 years, I don't want two guys coming in at the last second and leading my Chicago, two guys that barely even know. Maybe one of them even has a bad attitude and a guy I don't like. All right, I'm celebrating the win, but it diminishes a little. I waited 101 damn years. Or it's going to be 102, might be 105. When we win, when we finally win, I want it to be a Chicago Cub team that I like with good attitudes and not borrowed multi-million dollar players. But that's just me. Yeah, but, you know, it's just... It's the same argument for the trade deadline. Teams make moves at the trade deadline for a reason. They're uh, they're trying to improve and win now, not win. I mean, more often than not, not win next year. They're trying to win now. Hey, David Olson, producer extraordinaire. That's that's. This is our future right here. Guy Mike Moreau's generation will be uh, taking over. They will be determining the policies that dictate you and me when we're in our old age home. Very sad. It's all about winning. Doesn't matter how you get there, it's all about winning. (laughs) 888-463-674. And I know 90% of the people are of your thought process. Who cares? You know, it's just win. If it's about getting W's, I have a slightly different vent of it. And and it's just stuff like that turns me, continues to turn me off more and more on professional sports. I still follow it. I still enjoy it. But every stuff like that just takes another chink in the armor of my enjoyment of it. But at any rate, let's get back to the game. White Sox lose two out of three Minnesota loss yesterday, four and a half back. Mike is a long and avid Cubs fan who really doesn't care about the White Sox. Your thought on the White Sox having a chance of uh, catching the twin? Uh, well, they got to get better in the central. They're, the Sox, the, the vision record is, not, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I just know the Twins' central record is a lot better than the White Sox. Mm-hmm. And with the new, the way the new schedule is laid out, you play most of your games in your division. So if you're not good against your division when you're playing most of your games against them, you know, you kind of have a, it's a long shot for you to win the division. So they need to, in these final, in this final month, whenever they're playing a bad team or a team worse than them or a team in the, the, the division, they need to step it up against them and, you know, win two out of three or maybe sweep a series. Because if they don't, the Twins or the Twins have played really well in the division and at home. So if they continue to do it, to do that while the White Sox do what they've done all season, you know the White Sox really aren't going to go anywhere. And that starts tonight, by the way, because exactly what you're talking about, they're taking on supposedly a weaker team and an in division team at Cleveland. They're taking on the uh, Indians. Mark Burley will be on the mound going up against Mitch. Talbot, I think David Olson, our producer, has carted up, Mike, uh, our production team has carted up some of the highlights of Cleveland Indian pitcher Mal- Mitch Talbot's career. I think we got it set up. And ladies and gentlemen, Mitch Talbot's baseball highlight career. Highlight tape. 
And there it was. That was not actually a malfunction, Mike. That was actually the highlight tape of Mitch Talbot. So exactly what you're talking about. The Sox do need to beat teams like Cleveland and um, occasional two out of threes. But you're right. They're going to have to pull out some sweeps the rest of the way, too. Not a lot, but at least some. Right, because, you know, the Twins, the Twins have been, I mean, they've kind of had, they struggled over the weekend, but they're playing pretty well. People tried to count them out at the beginning of the season when Joe Nathan was hurt and they people didn't know who was going to close for them. But, you know, they've made some good pickups with Matt Caps, and then the other day they got Brian Fuentes, Brian Fuentes off the waiver wire. You know, many Sox fans might wonder why the Sox didn't put in a claim for mm-hmm. Fuentes as well. I've seen Brian Fuentes when he's very, very good, but it seems like more often than not, Brian Fuentes has been not so good. So that didn't worry me too much when they picked him up, but he's been, in the few times they've thrown him, I think pretty effective so far for the Twins, Brian Fuentes. Right, but you know the White Sox have had a lot of bullpen problems lately. Thornton's on the DL, Jenks has been shaky, Putz is you know on the DL. And then the other young bullpen guys yeah. like Santos are not, you know, finally hitting that wall. So Eric Threets, who Threets. was pitching very, very well, 28 year old, who finally, uh, kind of a sad story. He finally, you know, worked his way up to the major leagues, was having some success early in the year. He kind of struggled a little bit, but it was kind of his breakout time, uh, uh, Michael. And then what was it? I think over this weekend. Yeah, I think it happened this. Threw weekend. the ligament out, and he is out not only for this season. They're saying into next year could be. A career-threatening injury. What a shame for a kid like Eric Threets. But, yeah, the bullpen in a bit of shambles for the uh, White Sox. Right. So, you know, there's not much time left, but hopefully for Sox fans, the, you know, the bullpen can pick it pick it up and or maybe the offense can, you know, slug, slug their way through this last month and pick up some games because they're still in <laughs> it, you know, three and a half out. Have not seen. Is it three and a half or four and a half? I believe it. It's, well, I believe it's three and a half. All right, we will double check that. I said four and a half earlier. If so, I uh, stand corrected. I hope I stand corrected. Three and a half, a lot better. But uh, one young pitcher who I've seen a little bit, some of my uh, other friends, I was talking to Glenview Jim, fine listener to the program over the weekend, ex-baseball pitcher himself, big White Sox fan. He was very hard, uh, very hot on this kid, Chris, how do you pronounce it, Sale? Yeah, I think it is Sale. And he has performed uh, extremely well. A kid right out of college, right? Yeah. One year ago, he was pitching college. I mean, basically drafted him like four months ago. Right. Went to Class A for a cup of coffee, Triple A, and now he's pitching for the White Sox, doing great. So, I mean, I can't say that I've seen too much of him, but from what I've heard, he has been pitching well and, Mm -hmm. you know, could be a potential closer for them in the future. But well, if the injuries keep up, he might be a potential closer. Uh, the future is, oh, tonight, about 9 o'clock against the Cleveland Indians. That might be his time. 888-463-6748. Mike Moreau, Chicago Cubs fan and uh, our resident White Sox expert here for the next about minute and 45 seconds. 7-13, and 13, that's their record in the last 20 games for the Sox. Not too good. 7-13, and 13, and uh, help me on not. New York Yankee pitcher in his second major league start. Ever wins the game yesterday, two to one. Ivan Nova, right? And you know what? The, the interesting thing about Nova is Ivan I heard Nova. he's being investigated for taking possible B twelve shot. Uh, inve- possible who? B twelve shot. B twelve shot. Yeah, the, the steroid. So he's being investigated for ah. for taking a shot in the minor leagues last Does year. Does that mean if he's found guilty, we get the victory back? 
Only that would only applies to college football. <laughs> <laughs> I am not familiar with the the, the beach well. B twelve. Oh, B twelve. Yeah. See, I got hearing problems here, and I'm using. By the way, if you're a, a regular viewer of the show here, we made a big big decision. We switched seats. My first time ever sitting on the end table. Critical, critical change. I figured with the ratings of our show, we got to do something to shake things up. David Olson, our producer, gave me the thumbs up. A major change on this end of the table here, but my hearing's going bad. Yes, sir. Well, yeah, and it gets confusing for for the viewers because I've got the Chiron up that says uh, the coach, John Cohn, and we keep getting shots of Mike. So, Well, you know, just tell people I was out in the sun a lot this weekend. Because there's a reason <laughs> the, the, the host usually is in that chair because of that main camera. Ah, okay. But for one day, we're okay. For one day, we're okay. All we're right. fine. You can do what you want. All right. Well, Mike's a much better looking man for, than me. I can't do anything but help our ratings. If people tuning in the first time think that I actually look like Mike. By the way, just... Uh, this could be uh, the start of my career upswing. Uh, big dog update. When we talk Bears, uh, that's when Joel will be with us. Well, okay. All so, right. Yeah, you want to get in on the baseball talk? No, no, no. no. <laughs> We're going to talk Bears. I'm like, I-, I can call you when we talk Bears. Yeah, why don't you well, do you that? Well, you know, so. Give him an extra half an hour of sleep as well. We'll get into the good stuff. We're saving the good stuff or the bad stuff. Sometimes they're so bad it can be actually good for Sports Talk Radio. But uh, we'll get to some football, no question about it. 888-463-6748. Real quick while we wrap up the baseball, Michael, your Chicago Cub. Mike Quade coming into the weekend undefeated. Undefeated, but the Cubs finally lost the game under Mike Quade. I thought they were going to go 35-0. and But your thoughts on the uh, the Red Series and your new manager, Mike Quade. Uh, well, it's typical Cubs, you know, not not really playing well at all. You know, they'll win one game. They beat a bad Nationals team. So, I mean, Quaddy, I hope Quaddy's not the guy next year, but short term, you know, he fills the job in well. So hopefully the this team will just play well for them. They, it's get. I don't want to say you never want to say players have quit, but it looks like a lot of them have. Or they just kind of look disinterested? Have or had? Have. See, I would go with had. And I don't even know if quit is the right word. But lost the edge. Yeah, that well, yeah, that works. Okay. I can see that. Especially Aramis Ramirez. He's he's looked that way most of the season, so mm-hmm. you know, there's talks of him maybe exercising his option. That'd be the first exercise he's had in a while, I'll guarantee you that. <laughs> That's right, and you know, <laughs> But I, I, I find it hard to believe that he would turn down 14 or $15 million, I'm not quite sure exactly what the option is, mm-hmm. to be a free agent because I don't know with the kind of season he's had you know, who's going to pay him that much money. Maybe some contending team can pick him up, pay him $4 million, and save the uh, Cubs the same money that the White Sox are spending on Manny Ramirez. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think they would do that for Ramirez. But we'll see. And by the way, the weekend started off with um, Joe Girardi, the Yankees manager, holding a press conference on Friday. And the primary first half hour, anyways, of the press conference was all about his future as a potential Chicago Cub manager. I don't know if you saw that or not, but I think uh, a lot of Cub fans would be rooting for Joe Girardi. Played for the Cubs, played at Northwestern, grew up in Peoria. He'd be a great call. Did you see the press conference at all? I I did not see any of it, no. You know, I I guess on the positive side, if you're a Cub fan rooting for the crew cut to uh, take over as manager of the Chicago Cub, and I would be one of those. I'd be happy with Girardi, Sandberg, Mike Quad. I want somebody with a Cub connection. So I'm not just 
on the Joe Girardi bandwagon, but he'd be one of the guys I'm happy with. But on the plus side, Mike, he did not say, you know, he didn't rule it out. Didn't say I'm a Yankee and that's where I'm going to stay. So he left at least a little bit of the door open. Obviously, salary is going to be a big factor. Uh, well, hopefully, if they do bring on somebody like Girardi, I would I would hope they would. If it's not Girardi, someone who has a winning track record, because the Cubs are in too big a market to be a rebuilding team. They can't just keep putting a bad product on the team year after year. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got they. I can't say that they haven't spent the money. They just have to invest it a lot more wisely in certain players and coaches that will help this team win. You got to have a good mix of up and coming talent and veterans to you know to win. I mean, the Reds they they aren't a great team, but they have. A lot of young pitching, a lot of guys that they've brought up through their farm system, you know, and it's paying off. So hopefully the Cubs can do that because they have a little bit of a core with Kashner, Colvin, and Castro. And, you know, we'll see what other guys in, you know, in the farm system they think maybe can contribute next year. So, and they'll have to also analyze things in the free agent market with their bullpen. Mm-hmm. their starting staff, and who will play first base next year. So I'm hoping it's a guy, if not Girardi, someone who's had a winning track record and not some up-and-coming manager. See, I'm all for the up-and-coming manager, but uh, I did hear somebody uh, called general manager of the uh, Cubs talking about your their willingness to spend money. They called him Jim Spendry instead of Jim Henry. So they, you're right. They've spent money. They just necessarily haven't spent it wisely. Hendry's taken a bunch of gambles, and some of them, unfortunately, have not worked out. But uh, see, I would differ with you a little bit in that they've already brought in guys with the proven track record. Lou Piniela, veteran manager, proven track record. Bad ending. Uh, Dusty Baker, okay, proven track record. Big name. Okay, Bad ending. I, to me, I don't want anybody with a proven... I want someone up and coming. Give me a Ryan Sandberg. It just goes along with my whole theme of when the Cubs win, I want it to be special. Give me a Chicago. Mike Quade. The more I hear about this, the guy, the more you got to root for him. Peppy, enthusiastic, fired up, long-time minor leaguer. He's served his time. The players like him. Guy's enthusiastic, really wants to win. Went to Prospect High School, grew up as a Chicago Cub fan. You know, one of those guys you want to root for. So, you know, to me. Just again, just me, and I'm sure you are in the majority. I'm in the minority. To heck with the proven track record. Give me somebody who was uh, take a chance. Bring in a Quade, bring in a Ryan Sandberg. Let's see if the Cubs can roll when they win. It'll make it all that more special. You know that's that's true. But this year with Pinella, the players just nobody's really played well. Aside from Marlon Bird, this team has just been a huge disappointment. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, there are things you can put on Pinella, but Ramirez didn't hit at all before the All-Star break. It was terrible. Derek Lee didn't do a thing. So there, I mean, were, there was a general. I don't really miss. I don't really. The players have to you know, take it upon uh, themselves at some point. There's no question. doesn't matter who the manager is. The players have to perform. No question about it. But I said they lost their edge, and you kind of agreed with me. And It's not so much that they quit when you watch the Cubs. They were still playing. But I think, you know, to win at the professional level, you got to play at the highest level. And I think subconsciously, with Uncle Lou losing his own edge, and I don't think he put as much into it in his, as much as he tried, 
He was an older guy, tail end of his career, and he just kind of lost the managerial edge. And when you lose the managerial edge, your players pick up on that a little bit. And they played, but they didn't play, play with the intensity, the sense of urgency, and I think that's what we're missing. So they didn't give up. They didn't quit. But under Lupin, you know, just the little things, the little fundamental things, the hustle plays, they were not quite there. That's what I saw, anyways, from this year's Chicago Cubs. And, and that's a good point because Pinella, I think the losing definitely took a toll on Pinella. And combine that with, you know, his mother's ailments. Well, his head definitely wasn't in the game for a while. We, by the way, here on our show, we've dispelled that rumor that it was actually not 90 year old mom's ailment. It's actually Lou's ailment. And our best guess is that right now in Florida, it's 90 year old mom taking care of Lou. <laughs> I guarantee you, she's up and around, and Lou's like sitting in a hospital bed mumbling, like, ah, 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 ah. Lou, are you okay, buddy? Lou, wake up. I don't, you know, the ailing mom story is nice, and it's nice that Lou took care of the family, but I think she's taking care of Lou right now. Well, well, hopefully so. <laughs> he, he did not look too good those last month of the season. No, he needs it. He looked like a, a shell of himself. <laughs> oh, goodness. 888-463-6748. Mike Moreau in the house. We covered baseball. We're going to get to some football. We also... We also got more stories than just Chicago Bears and exhibition football. We had the uh, Chicago Triathlon go over the weekend. There was uh, the Indy Racing League. I know the Big Dog's a fan of that. We'll talk about that. The PGA Golf Tournament, the Barclays, Tiger Woods. And we had a, uh amazing finish to that particular tournament. Got college football coming up and the Little League World Series. I did not watch it, but we have a champion in the Little League World Series. Did you watch by any chance? No, I didn't watch any of it. As a true professional, I was counting in to do that, Mike. All right, we'll take a quick break. Speaking of true professionals, David Olson, our producer, the truest of true professionals. We'll take a quick break. TalkZone.com, two guys in a mic, back with some football talk and more in about 45 seconds. Two guys in a mic show, Mike Moreau, sitting in for the Big Dog here today. Big Dog will be back tomorrow. Phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. Real quick, producer extraordinaire David Olson, the Emmy Awards last night. Big winners, big losers, apparently a modern family. Winning, correct, is the best comedy? Yes, modern family, unseated 30 Rock, which has won the last two years straight, mm-hmm. has uh, best comedy. Okay. And then... Uh, also picked up um, Best Writing in a Comedy mm-hmm. and Best Supporting Actor. Wow. Who was that? The kid, James Parsons? 
Uh, no. no, 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 no. It was Eric Stone Street. Okay. Uh, who's which, the, which part does he play? I've seen the show. I, have you, have you seen Modern know, Family? Um, yeah, I love Modern Family. I'm not sure which. Who's Eric Stone Street? Stone Street? I forget plays. his character's name. He's the the overweight gay guy. Okay. That doesn't. His name escapes me right now. I, th- I think uh, once you, if you've seen the show, the overweight gay guy will do just fine. If you haven't seen the show, you can care less. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. that guy won, huh? He did. Yes. Nicely done. Yeah, no, I was, which I was kind of surprised because uh, there were three people nominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the dad, not Ed O'Neill, but the uh, clueless dad. Okay. Uh, and then the kid was nominated. All three nominated for best supporting actor on one show. Yes, that's pretty good. So I thought they would cancel each other out, but does okay. uh, does. Cal, I think his name is. That, mm-hmm. Does that sound right to you, Cal? I'm just going to call him the overweight gay yeah. guy. Yeah, overweight gay guy. So, <laughs> uh, and uh, from what I heard, I haven't seen it yet. Jimmy Fallon, very, very good as the host of the Emmys. I only saw the opening number. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't watch the show. Which I, I want to see. Was Jimmy Fallon doing uh, Born to Run? You hear about this with, with, with the cast? Of, sure. With the cast of Glee. With the cast of Glee. Are you a fan of Glee, Mike Morrell? I'm not. I have nothing against the show. I just can't get myself to watch it. <laughs> You're not a gleek, huh? No, I'm not. Uh, I, you know, here I am, 54 years old with two teenage sons. I can say here on uh, public radio, teenage- being heard in seven different continents, I am a gleek. What can I tell you? Not even a Jimmy Fallon fan, but apparently uh, he did a great job hosting. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, one of his great lines in the opening monologue was, oh, it's great to be out here in Los Angeles, even though I usually do my uh, hosting gigs in New York. It's like, huh, imagine that, a host moving out from New York to do a show in L.A. What could possibly go wrong? And then they flashed to Conan O'Brien in the audience. <laughs> Did Conan know that was coming, do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they just sitting there the look on his face. Okay. Just, you know, uh. So I thought that was very funny. <laughs> Nicely done. All right, anybody watch the uh, Emmy Awards? You want to comment on that? We jump off the sports page early. Emmy Awards. And often here on the uh, Two Guys at a Mic Show, 888-463-6748, we go from the joviality and the fun and the enjoyment of the Emmy Awards, Mike, to the dark cloud that is hanging over our Chicago Bear football team. Let's talk, talk exhibition game number three. If you're a listener out there, any city you are uh, following your football team from, you want to call up, talk about that particular team, you could do so with Mike Moreau and the coach, 888-463-6748. But Michael... At bear performance. Part bad and just part scary. I would say a lot of scary. Yeah. Because this, you know, they say the third season, the third game of the preseason is, you know, is like the closest thing you can get to a regular season game. Oh, boy. But the only good that you can take out of it is that it's still the preseason and that these games don't count. Mm -hmm. But, you know... The offense looks bad. The offensive line looks even worse. And then Chris Harris looked very old. So hopefully, and you know, and but the other thing is they're not going to get anything out of this last game. So hope you just got to hope they're ready in September 12th mm-hmm. for the Lions. And you know, we all know the '85 Bears when they won the uh, Super Bowl, that great '85 team. They went one and three. In the exhibition season. So you can, you know, you can hang your head on that. But the bottom line is just the way they look. I didn't watch the first two exhibition games. I saw a little bit of the first half, the whole second half, and they looked, uh, uh unorganized, disheveled, um, flat. Yeah, yeah. 
flat lack of sense of urgency. And that's been a problem we've talked about under Lovey Smith the last couple of years. They come out and they're not ready to play from the get-go. Stop calling timeouts in the first half. I hate that. It's a sign of a disorganized team. And sure enough, in the first quarter, Jay Cutler, timeout. You know, timeout. There's just something is not clicking with this particular ball club right now. And uh, hopefully it'll change in a hurry. Let's go out to the phone lines. Our regular co-host and an avid, passionate Chicago Bear fan. Joel Radwanski joining us. Big Dog, how are you? Uh, doing pretty well, guys. And I'd have to say the best news about the Chicago Bears team is Cubs opening day is 213 <laughs> days away. <laughs> Michael, how's that for a shot? But, uh, you know, that's a, a lift-up of your favorite team, the Cubs. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I mean, next year looks good for the Cubs. First day is always the best day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, guys, I, you know, and, Coach, you both you guys hit it exactly right. You know what? If your team loses in the preseason, it, it doesn't really matter. And if they have, like, one bad game or they do a couple things that they should do fundamentally sound well that they don't do well, you know what? It's it's the preseason. It doesn't matter. But for three consecutive games, they have not blocked whatsoever. And listening to Sam Rosen on Thursday or the other night, I just wanted to slap him. He's like, well, the, the Bears were effective in the running game last week. No, they had an 89-yard run. And besides that run, yep. they got stuffed every single play. This team doesn't block, they don't tackle, they don't get off block. And then everything else you guys said about not being organized, looking flat. I really was fired up about this team three weeks ago. And right now I'm thinking, how can I be so wrong? Everybody else was picking to win five games, and I was just sitting there laughing, a little sinister laugh. They don't know what they're talking about. They did. This team is going to finish in fourth place in the division because the Lions are better than them. Now, Mike, you missed the show about two months ago when the NFL schedules came out. Me and uh, Joel went over game by game. We had the Bears going 15-1. and And then we readjusted. It was me in particular. I can't hold Big Dog that responsible. Then we decided, no, the Bears are going to lose up in Minnesota. So I had them going 14-2. and By the way, Minnesota isn't that good, guys. All right, but, but safe to say, uh, Mike Morrow, fourteen and two, probably not the way the Bears are going to play this year. Probably not, but you know, hopefully at some point they learn this. They're still they're still learning this new Mart's offense. I hope so. So hopefully they can put some points on the board. Because I think I think the defense will be okay. For once, I'm not concerned about the defense over the last like the last couple of years. Just hopefully, Erlocker and Briggs need to stay healthy. I love the way Peppers has played so far. So and just, Tommy Harris has looked very good too, very good. So right. So this is some kinks that need to be worked out on the offensive side, mm-hmm. and if they can somehow work them out during the year, I, I think they'll be better than the five wins. A lot team. of kinks. A lot of kinks. That linebacker group Mike's talking about, uh, Joel. If you want to look for optimism, if you're a Bear fan, you really gotta you gotta put your headlines out. You gotta hire a detective agency to search for optimism here, but. If Verlocker and Briggs can play healthy this year, uh, on the other side, they got uh, Pisatino Isamoa, who is, as you would say, flying around with the football. He's playing great football. If healthy, Big Dog, that linebacking crew for the Bears could be near dominant again, if healthy. I, I don't know if Pisa is playing great football yet. He, he does look like he, he realizes that Nick Roach is going to take his job. So uh, I, I, I will say that the linebacking crew is fine. Uh, Brian Urlacher is a good linebacker. Uh, Lance Briggs is a really, really, really good linebacker. So If healthy. Yeah, uh, exactly. Th- that should be okay. The-, the offense is the issue right now. Because uh, Jay Cutler, when he does get time, is still throwing off his back foot because I think he expects to get hit in the mouth. 
and you know that whole oh you got to throw it to a space and and uh, just hope that the wide receiver gets there. Well, it, if I don't care how strong your arm is, if you throw it off your back foot, bad things are going to happen. And, and that that happened all day long. Jay Cutler throwing off his back foot, offensive lineman not and just absolutely getting destroyed. You know they said Frank Omiel, who's playing guard now and he is playing better at guard than he was at tackle, has graded out the highest in all three preseason games. If you're a Bears fan, do you know anything about Frank Omiel? <laughs> that has got to scare you a little bit. That's good news if you're uh, relatives or fans of the Omeo family. If you're a Bears fan in general, that's a little scary. Did you say Omeo is moving to the guard position? That's what I meant. When he will move from guard to tackle. Yes, okay. That's what I meant. That's what I, that's what I, meant. I, I got him in reverse order. Yeah. Uh, now, Mike, let me throw a little uh, chink into your armor and Joel's too because neither of you guys are worried about the defense. I wasn't either. No, no, in, I am worried about the defense. Yeah, in particular, Mike, it seems like, and this is not just the exhibition season, this is something consistent under the Lovey Smith era. Third down and whatever. It could be third and short, or it could be third even more painfully and long, and the Bears can't stop anybody on third down. That's a problem again, at least early this season. That That is a good point you bring up, because, you know, you can be as good as you want on first and second down, but yeah. you've got to be able to get off the field, because... If you don't, teams, you're not going to win games that way. Teams are just going to pound you. So, yes, that has been a huge problem, and hopefully something they can, hopefully something they can fix. Because you get the feeling the, the teams they're playing against know exactly what the Bears are going to do on third yes, and thirteen, third and eighteen. Exactly what they're going to do. Too. This is, and it's it's so garbage. First and foremost, they're going to blitz, which I have no issue against. But if you blitz. It's every NFL team besides one, every single college team. Man to man. You have to go man and you have to bump and run because what's going to happen is a quarterback in the NFL will release the ball quickly. But instead, the Bears, they play back. Yep. It's, it's moronic. You, if you're going to play aggressive style defense, you can't have your DBs play unaggressive. Because what happens is the receiver will run eight yards downfield, turn around, catch the ball. Oh, it was third and seven. Guess what just happened? I, I don't understand it. If you blitz, you have to play man-to-man in a bump-and-run style. Mm-hmm. Every defense in the yeah. history of the well, league has known that besides the Levy Smith defense. When you watch the replays of third and long, and again, I'm not just talking these couple of exhibition games. This has been consistent under Levy Smith, uh, Big Dog. If they complete a 16-yard pass, 14, 18, whatever it is, consistently you see a safety behind the receiver, and then there's a defensive back in front of them. They sit in that little space, and you can tell the teams know exactly what's coming, and they practice it during the week, and they complete that pass in between the defensive back and the safety on a regular basis. If the, if the Bears aren't in man, they're in too deep, and yep. that's called the well coach, and it's they do it all the time. They All, all day long they do that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I just throw my hands up yeah. at that. I've got a different name for the too deep, and it, I took out the word too, and I added something else next to deep. <laughs> Whatever it is, it ain't working. All right, Michael, uh, and uh, you watch the offense. If you were uh, Lovey Smith on occasion, we'll tune into the two guys that are Mike. He's a big fan of this show. If he's listening right now, for Mike Martz, who's still discovering sports radio, could be listening right now. What would uh, Doctor Mike Moreau suggest for the Bear offense? Well, you know, there's not much to suggest until that offensive <laughs> line picks it up, ah. and. Like, you know, Joel said, you got to get Cutler to stop throwing off his back foot because he does it consistently. You know, only Brett Favre, only really Brett Favre does it. And 
he doesn't do it that well either. Do you bring in, let's get more specific now with the offensive line, talking to a football doctor, Mike Moreau, and passionate Chicago Bear fan, Big Dog Radwanski. All right, offensive line. Do you bring in some subs and try different guys? Do you switch positions? Do you bring the tight end end in for help? And obviously if you do that, it affects your Mike Martz passing game. So let's get specific. How do you shore up the O-line? Well, right now you just got to hope they they step it up. I mean, your first option is to bring in subs, and if those guys play better than the guys now, play them. Okay. But I don't in it's the an uh, you in try the some different guys in, in the Marts offense. They don't you know they don't really have a tight end. Mostly the guys split wide. Right. But so, you know you could you could bring the tight end in on occasion from time to time to see or bring an extra blocker in, so that would help. But obviously you're going to affect the uh, the offensive supposed fireworks of the Mike Mark offense. Big Dog specifically, what do you do right now if you're the Bears? Well, they they can't replace anybody. And when, when you Why brought not? Mark in, you, the backups aren't any better either, Coach. Well, how do you know? Until uh, Give them a chance to perform. I, I, I've watched every game from start to finish. It, it doesn't get any. When they bring in the backups who are playing against backups, they're getting whooped like a dog just like the starters were against the starters. Okay. So I mean that, that's not going to help. They've been they've been running a two tight end offense all three games. They have Desmond Clark and Greg Olson on the field probably eighty percent of the snaps. They 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 send them out on every single play. I, I don't understand it. Why does Greg? Why does Mike Marks? I mean they knew this. I, I said around there coming in their biggest problem was their offensive line, and then they go out and get a coach who you have to have a great offensive line in order to run his offense. There's no offense in football that needs a great offensive line more than a Mike Mark offense. And they go out and get this guy. It was moronic. It was a dumb hire. I said it the day they hired the guy. So right now they gotta, they've got they made their bed. They're going to have to try to figure something out. I don't know what it is. It, and they haven't, like they really haven't been splitting the tight ends out. They have Desmond Clark in there staying in, uh, and they have Olsen running routes. But it's, they're up, you know what's creep. Well, I think go the, ahead, Mike. I think the Bears did almost everything they could not to bring Martz in. They had I don't even know how many guys turned the job down because yeah. they know it's probably a one and done deal for them. Good point. So the other coach the other coaches needed stability. So I think the the Bears really got desperate and hired Martz because no one else wanted the job. Big dog, let me uh you know you know you know me. It's a good point by Mike, by the way. Very, very good yeah, point. Because yeah. we re- we recall back, there were a lot of guys that turned it down. I don't even know how many people wanted to go work for the uh, offensive mind that is not Lovey Smith. But um, let's go outside the box here for a second, Big Dog. Let, your offensive line can't block anybody. Let's turn a weakness into a strength. Okay. Let's, let's forget about the tight end. Let's split everybody out. Okay. The hell with keeping somebody else in a block. If they're going to blitz in and rush our quarterback, let them pay. Can't we adjust to that and throw a lot of screens, a lot of hits over the middle, and just, um, it's, again, it's make our – Because the screen pass was probably their best play that they've had so far this, this season. Yeah. Because Jay Cutler can throw that, and throwing the screen off your back foot isn't that bad of a throw. I mean, it might actually help the throw in some sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, that has been their best play so far this season is the screen. And not just the screens, but the uh, the quick passes, the slants, and something to Instead of playing afraid, I mean, you've got a weakness. Instead of, oh, bring the tight ends, we're going to readjust our off. You know what? Now with it. 
Offensive line, do the best you can. If guys are going to rush in, we're going to adjust it. We're going to split three left, three right, three right, and we're going to hit you early and hit you off. And I don't know. It's probably doesn't make any sense, but from a psychological aspect, let's let's turn a weakness into a strength. Just a thought. That's what we're trying to do on the radio show. That's why we brought Mike in. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea to have those adjustments, and I'm sure at some point they're working on it. But you know, there's also the talk in the preseason where. You don't really show everything because you don't want the other other teams to have it on tape. So maybe it's just something we haven't seen yet. But Let's <laughs> I mean, it's like, but you know, the other thing is, it's they're still learning. It's a new system, so mm-hmm. they're still. It's going to be a little bit of a learning curve because you know they're you know practice is good and all, but there's a thing. There's a difference between you know doing it in practice and then doing it actually on the field because mm-hmm. they're Always great practice players, but you know you're not. You don't get paid the big bucks until you can actually do it on the field. Yep. Big dog. I just hate to see somebody who was so optimistic uh, about a month ago and now feeling quite the contrary on the Bears. It makes me feel bad as a uh, Chicago Bear fan and for people like yourself. Yeah, they. I, I was really, really excited about the defense, and I thought, you know what, the offense will be able to improve. That Forte is healthy, and they got a they got a, a backup for him and. You know, and I was thinking, I thought, like, when March was like, hey, we're going to run the ball. He started saying all the right things, and guess what? We're, they don't run the ball in terms – they run the sprint draw constantly. Run it down somebody's throat. Have your offensive lineman fire off the ball and hit somebody in the mouth. Okay, that's what they need to do. If there's any adjustment they need to make on offense, Coach, I will agree. Throw more screens. The short, quick passes, Cutler's has never been good at that. So you're going away from his strength. They need to run – at people so he can throw some play-action passes down the field is what they need to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I, we haven't seen it, and I hope you're right, Mike, but the last time the Bears actually did that, I remember they were like, well, we have Cordell Stewart at quarterback, and we're not going to play him that much <laughs> in the preseason because we don't want people to get a scouting report out of him. Everybody knows the scouting report. Force him to stay in the pocket and throw the football. You know, so... Uh, Hopefully that's not what they're doing. We're we're hiding hiding most of our playbook. They haven't seen our slash offense yet. Well, we did see our slash offense. It wasn't very good. I have the bright side, guys, and we got to get off football here, bring up a couple other things. But Dan LaFever, the rookie quarterback, I'm on the bandwagon. He looked very, very good. He did have a good second half. And, you know, the other thing about that is uh, Joaquin Iglesias, you know, the, I think, third-round draft pick from last year who took what the Bears call a, a red shirt season. Yep. Uh, he looked he looked pretty well looked pretty good on on Saturday as well. To all the girls I loved before. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Joaquin Iglesias is going to end up being a ball player. When he went to Oklahoma, he was horrible his first two years, and all of a sudden he learned out. He's a slow learner is the best way for me to put it. Mm-hmm. If anybody has an issue with me saying that, the guy's not exactly the brightest bulb in that you can put in the. Yeah. But eventually it goes on for him, and hopefully that's so the, what it works. The Mike Martz 463-page playbook, probably not uh, not the best thing for a uh, Julio, don't call me Joaquin Inglesias. Well, I, we, we, hope, <laughs> we hope he picks it up quick. Oh, goodness. All right, Big Dog, any other uh, final thoughts? Now, you're going to be on tomorrow's show, correct, Big Dog? Yes, I will be in tomorrow, Coach. Beautiful. Anything else happened over the weekend in your uh, personal life? We always enjoy talking about the successes or even sometimes the uh, lack of success in your personal. Anything me and Mike and the rest of the fans need to know over the weekend? A uh, strong weekend for the big dog, Coach. Really? Yeah. So besides the fact that uh, 
the, the Bears made me go flaccid on Saturday. I, everything else went very, very well. <laughs> oh, I think that, Mike, goes under the category of too much information. Thank you, bro. We didn't need to know so. that much. All right, Big Dog, great stuff, and uh, keep there the faith, guys. man. Keep the faith. There it is. Big Dog, he'll Big check dog. in tomorrow. 888-463-6748. Big Dog drops off the phone lines and leaves uh, 12 other lines open. hate when that happens, Mike. All right, what else happened? Well, first of all, we got college football starting this week. I know you're excited. Starting this week. Extremely excited. I'm ready for the season. We got, was it what, Wednesday night? Thursday. Th- Thursday. Thursday, night. Thursday got a, night. Got a few games on Thursday that, you know, nothing, nothing too marquee, but, you know, it's always good to see college football on TV. Uh, wet, we got some listeners out there. Wet our appetite. Give us a little, throw us a bone. Give us an appetizer. Thursday night. We know Saturday. There's some big games. Notre Dame, Purdue. If you're Chicago area, you got Illinois taking on a Missouri big game, Northwestern Vanderbilt. Thursday, though, what do, what do we got on the appetizer tray? Thursday, uh, Ohio State. Marshall opens at Ohio State on the Big Ten Network. Oh! Yeah, Miami. Miami on ESPN3.com. Miami against who? Uh, Miami and Florida A&M. Wait, and Miami takes on Miami? No, Florida A&M. Ah, Florida A&M. Yeah. And Love then, Florida A&M. Didn't even know they had a football team. Another game that might interest people is, you know, Pittsburgh at Utah. You know, we'll see. That could be an interesting matchup. Dave Wanstead. And then the Lane Kiffin era begins at USC in Ho- at Hawaii. So those are just a few yeah. of the few of the games. If on I Thursday. were Lane Kiffin, I'd stay in Hawaii when the plane flies back. That has train wreck written all over it, very similar to the Rich Rodriguez era at Michigan. A couple of coaches just not fitting. Lane Kiffin is just popularity wise dropped off the table. From when he was a young, up-and-coming NFL coach, right, with the Oakland Raider. Right. He is. He just hasn't done things the right way. Yes. And he's angered some people. He's burned a lot of bridges yep. along the way. And it's kind of shocking that he has a job with some of the things he's done. But mm-hmm. this is this could be his last chance to, you know, coach at a yep. big, a big-time program if he doesn't if he doesn't do the job. No TV this year for USC, correct? No bowl games. They can still be on TV? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're still going to draw because they're mm-hmm. USC, but, okay. yeah, it's a two-year bowl, man. All right, very quickly, the FIBA International Basketball Tournament. I know, Mike, you're a uh, big basketball fan. You mentioned not that many people paying attention, but the U.S. did beat uh, Croatia and Slovenia over the weekend. Right. Those, I mean, And Kevin Durant is, from what I've seen, a little I've seen of the tournament has looked this looked great, and I've been also excited to see the play of Derrick Rose. Starting for the U.S. team now. Who has also played very well. So these are two guys that I think are going to be they're going to be huge stars in the league. And I think there's going to be a time in the next few years where people are saying, people are saying Kevin Durant is the best basketball player in the NBA. And he's... He's going to lead that Oklahoma – I think he's going to take that Oklahoma City team somewhere mm-hmm. just on Will alone because he's a, he's a great player, and I really enjoy watching him play. Scoring machine. It combines with Russell Westbrook and Jeff Green. Gives him a solid threesome if they get some guys around him. Derrick Rose, some people are wondering whether he was even going to make the United States team. Now he's a starter and arguably their second biggest factor out there next to Durant. So uh, good sign for the future for the Chicago Bulls fan. USA taking on, who are they playing today? Thought I had that written down. I know Germany upset Brazil. France in a huge upset. 
over Spain because Spain's got a heck of a team. They almost beat the United States, so there's been a couple of big upsets already in the uh, FIBA tournament. Mike, working a computer here. We'll get that in a second. PGA, the Barclays. I'm not sure what the Barclays are, but what do you, what do you got up on the screen there? Oh, we're still checking the schedule? Yeah, still looking for it. All right. But the uh, the Barclays, Tiger Woods, had a great first day. Of course, we all know the divorce is official, so maybe he's going to start playing better golf. Shot a 65 on day one. He blew up on uh, Friday, blew up on Saturday, came back with a 67 on Sunday. So Tiger playing much better golf, and he qualified. I don't even understand this whole FedEx Cup thing that's part of the uh, PGAs or what the Barclays are, but uh, I guess the end of the tournament. I didn't see it, but did you hear what happened? No, I I didn't see I didn't get to catch any of it. Apparently the kid Martin Laird, 23 feet away, all he needed to do was two putt to win the tournament. First putt within seven feet, he could have gotten a little bit closer, missed the seven-foot putt, and he lost in overtime to a Matt Kuchar, who won the tournament. But, man, 23 feet away, all you need to do is two putt. That's for, tough. A, for a guy like Martin Laird, who's probably never won before, ouch. That's tough, you know. But golf can be a brutal game. Oh. So it's it's one of those it's one of those uh, one of those sports that keeps you honest. I've found a way to beat the game of golf <laughs> by not playing. That's my secret. <laughs> it's a good one. I I, I think I'm going to stick to that route as well. Yeah, it works first time every time. I played once this summer, 18 holes for the first time in like four years, uh, and it just proved to me once again why I don't play. So the best way to get overcome. Uh, the frustrations, the cost, and the um, bad swings in golf is to not play. I found that to be a very successful approach. Right, and we found that Brazil plays the United States at 2.30 oh, today. against Brazil. On ESPN. Wow. It's not bad. Not bad, but a game the U.S. should win. Yeah, Germany upsetting Brazil over the weekend. So it'll be an angry Brazil, Brazil team looking to come back. Spain is going to be their number one contender, though. Right. With Marcus Gasol, Ricky Rubio, and that group. Ricky Rubio, another guy you wonder, when will he show up in the NBA? Well, he got drafted first round last draft. But yeah, by the by the Timberwolves. Yeah, and decided not to go for whatever reason. He stayed and played in, in Spain's league. Right. So we'll see if he stays another year or mm-hmm. if Minnesota just loses out on a draft pick. So what? One year later, he has to. Uh, if he doesn't commit, then the NBA team loses its rights. I'm not sure how. I'm not sure how that works, but. I'm not sure he's. I'm just not sure he's going to come over, you know, because he's with his with his team over you know, over in Europe. So and they have his contract. So he's just got to make a decision. I think could make a big difference for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Of course, I'm the same guy who, uh, when Dolly Bar Bagarich came to the Bulls, I thought that was going to be the uh, thrust to bring us to the NBA championship. <laughs> we'll see how the Omar Asik does this year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Seven foot t- turkey, <laughs> turkey. I don't know how do you say Turkey in. Turkey's very good. I, I didn't know how to pronounce Omar Asik. Uh, the reason I didn't bring him up the last three months because I was afraid of mispronouncing his last name. But I think it, how, I think it's Asik. That's how okay. that's how it sounds phonetically. But yeah. we'll we'll see. Close enough. Well, beautiful, Mike. We appreciate you coming. And David Olson, can we get him back sooner than like the next six months? I need to see Mike more often. I don't know if I need to hear him, but I need to see. Him. And by the way, sitting in my seat. Uh, There's a lot of people that now think you are me, which is probably good for me. It might ruin a lot of your ratings, Mike. Sorry about that. (laughs) I appreciate your coming in. Uh, If any of our female fans want to find you in the near future, where might you be roaming about? Uh, I work work for Northwestern Football, so 
Catch me at Northwestern football games. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com on a sign-off.